Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Frank and Jake podcast. Uh, this episode we have a fully packed show for you guys today. Uh, we'll start off with some Monday Night Football and NFL talk. Um, give our 4 for 4 predictions for next week's big games. Uh, Ohio State loses in heartbreak fashion. And we're going to close it out with some NBA. So grab your popcorn and grab a seat and get ready for the show. Thank you for joining us for episode 20 of the Frank and Jake podcast. As excited as we are to have reached this milestone, uh, we do have to jump right out of the gate uh, talking about a more serious topic. Um, We are going to begin the podcast today by discussing uh, DeMar Hamlin's injury uh, and the effects that it's going to have on um, the rest of the season uh, with the game cancellation. Uh, But first and foremost, uh, we both want to offer our sincerest um, you know, apologies to his family uh, that you are forced to go through this um, for something as trivial as a sport. Um, when it comes down to it, this is a sport. Um, I know a lot of people make this a way of life, but it is heartbreaking to see that a game can result in somebody potentially losing their life um, or being put in a situation in which they could. So our thoughts go out to Damara and his family and uh, a sincere gratitude to all those who have contributed to his, to his charity that he established uh, and um, to the NFL for handling it with, with class and canceling the game and not forcing those players to go back out and play on Monday night. Um, Frank, before we dive too deep into um, kind of the topic uh, of how the season will progress, uh, I want to just real quick uh, recap. So word of mouth this morning that I was hearing about the injury was um, the cause of like a, uh, of the cause of the injury and how that happens. And then um, as I went through the day, I looked at, uh, I watched a couple videos uh, from proclaimed doctors explaining the situation, uh, saw a couple people's feeds that had this explanation on it. So as far as we know now, this is the explanation for the injury, although there is no confirmation on this yet. Um, the there is a certain point during your heartbeat that if you are met with a um, blunt force trauma to your chest uh, can cause a cardiac arrest to occur and the speculation right now is that that is what happened uh, to Hamlin uh, and that he was uh, struck on that hit at the perfect time and it resulted in, in his collapse and so as scary as it is is totally random there is obviously no uh, malice in the hit it's one of those things where you play football it can happen to you but genuinely this type of injury can happen to anybody and it's um, something that I think nobody was really aware about because of how rare of a case this is Um, it is unprecedented for something like this to have happened in the NFL so um, as more information comes out we'll be able to kind of delve deeper into what happened Um, Of course, we won't speculate anything past what is known now, uh, just out of respect for DeMar and his family. Um, So, Frank, let's dive in to the rest of the episode. Yeah, I do want to say, um, shout out T. Higgins as well. There's a lot of people I want to make sure he's all right. He was the person that uh, DeMar Hamlin did tackle. Um, 
so just want to make sure he's all right. Um, and you could just see how somber of a situation it was there, Jake. Um, you literally see Stephon Diggs bawling his eyes out. Uh, you don't see that a whole lot on a, on a football field. Um, so just want to uh, obviously um, make sure DeMar Hamlin's okay. Uh, the whole Bills mentally are okay. Um, and the Bengals as well. Uh, want to make sure everyone's right. And uh, the NFL did um, do the right thing uh, postponing it. Um, still no word yet of um, how it's going to play. They're not playing it this week. Um, so we're not entirely sure of what's going to happen um, just yet as it comes to the rest of the NFL season. Um, but, Jake, you have anything else before we get into the rest of it? No, I'm, I'm set. I'm, I'm ready to move on and talk about kind of how it's going to affect seating. Yeah, sure. So uh, going into this game, obviously – um, it was a highly anticipated game. It had the makings of a really good game. Uh, Bengals go down, win the coin toss, take the ball, um, and go down score right away. Bills have a nice drive of their own, get points, um, and the Bengals were already driving again, so it kind of had that feeling of a back-and-forth type game. Um, obviously, a lot was on the line going into this game with the Bills being 12-3, uh, the Bengals being 11-4, um, with the Chiefs also uh, had one as well, so they were 13 and three. So a lot was on the line. Uh, Bills really needed this game to still uh, have control of the number one seed. Um, so as we sit here on Tuesday night, um, still unsure of how they're going to uh, what the NFL's plan of attack is to um, proceed forward, um, but it looks like it's trending towards that they're just not playing the game um in the bills and Bengals just will have a game less than everyone else um so if that's the case um the seating would be has as it was going into the game chiefs bills Bengals in that order um again anything can change they could come out tomorrow morning and say it's going to be made up at a later date um but as of now jake it looks like it would be uh chiefs bills Bengals if all those teams were still to win on uh, following Sunday, Saturday and Sunday next week. Yeah, and it does, it is kind of a bummer because it does seem, uh, you know, the way that it's shaking up with the game being postponed and potentially just canceled altogether, it almost does feel like the Bengals and the Bills are being punished for the situation. And in all reality, reality um, those players are, you know, just as affected. Right. Um, as you know the rest of the guys or as uh as anybody uh within this situation um none of them wanted that game to get canceled before the game started um and it, it is just kind of it's really a bummer that uh they're all going to get penalized for or they're most likely going to be penalized for this occurrence when obviously this is such a freak accident that right it you know there's it's uncontrollable but it is and also uh, i do want to say that i don't think there's a whole lot the nfl can do you can't just push the entire season back a week for to finish one game we're so concerned with player safety right this is a this is a player safety matter if you let's say you bump their games you push schedule uh you push their schedule it affects the teams they're playing schedules right. as well so you let these guys play after five days rest, four days rest to make it in time. Um, that's not necessarily the right course of action or the um, 
justified course of action, fair course of action, you might say. Right. Uh, just because it is going to affect and trickle down onto more teams than just the two teams that were involved, um, you know, in, in the accident. So, right. I don't know how they'll proceed. Um, if, if you ask me, I, and I don't think, you know, I don't think Bills and Bengals players will have any arguments against this. If everything shakes up and all three of those teams win next week, it stays static. Chiefs, uh, Bills, Bengals, and you just let it ride like that. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody's going to cause too much of a fuss over the situation. It's, again, like I've said, it's unprecedented for something like this to happen in the NFL. Right. There is no protocol for it. So I don't think you can just, you know, snap your fingers and make, uh, you know, make everybody happy um, and still play these games. I, uh, I can't, I can't imagine they do end up finishing that game. Right. Um, just like I said, out of player safety reasons, you can't make guys play on that little rest. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and after this, get into the rest of the games on Sunday uh, and a look ahead to next week as well. Alrighty, and we are back here going to talk about uh, some real big games that happened. Jake, I know you are happy. Uh, this past week, it did clinch uh, Jake's fandom for the Patriots uh, next year, Jake. So I just want to give it up to you for that. Uh, Jets, huge five-game losing streak for the Jets. Really helped you out there. Um, and a nice little comeback. So, Jake, you'll be able to watch all your pets next year. Uh, how does that feel? Yeah, i got to give props to Zach Wilson for helping me out. I uh, DM'd him, um, told him that I needed him to be a little bitch and uh, yeah. handle himself accordingly, and he certainly did that. Um, perfect, worked out perfectly for me. So couldn't couldn't be more thankful for Zach Wilson uh, in his um, contribution to my fight um, to watch my Patriots next year. I am happy to say that I will I will be able to watch them. Uh, have another middling season probably finish with between seven and nine wins so very excited to see that um this game against miami was um really nothing uh special it was a fun game to watch um but there was no um standout performances on the offensive side for either team however um patriots defensive backs went off they strapped up i mean we held um, those two big receivers in Miami to a combined 107 yards for seven catches. Yeah. Um, averaging like bit like good averages too, like averaging like 14 to 18 yards per catch too. So it wasn't like they weren't um, getting space and it wasn't like Teddy wasn't targeting them. They had 12 targets between the two of them. Um, it was just a good all around performance from the Patriots defense played a ton of zone um, when we were playing man. Um, they were uh, handling their business and not giving up too much space um, to those two burners that they have on the outside. And that resulted in uh, what inevitably, inevitably ended up as a Patriots win. Um, MVP of this game is absolutely Kyle Duggar uh, with that pick six to really seal, put the game away, um, to put us in a spot where we could just kind of tighten up and, and uh, just kind of play um, conservative ball to finish off the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Jones had a great interception as well. He continues to prove that he is um, one of the best young corners in the league. But I always have trouble touting any young corner on the Patriots with a title like that because as soon as they go to another team, they don't perform the same way. Um, and so that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, um, uh, J.C. Jackson was that as well. 
Malcolm Butler mm-hmm. was that as well. Um, those don't perform outside of our system. So I love to give credit to the players because the players are the ones making out there making the plays. But gotta, I always do retract a little bit because that system it makes you shine. It helps. Um, you know, there's there's Division Two uh, walk-ons out there on that field making plays for us. So I uh, still love the way that that's, this defense is coached. Uh, and am glad that it's still helping us get into a position where we could potentially make a playoff push here. And I wanted your thoughts here um, on the offensive side. Uh, only 77 rushing yards. Um, Roger Stephen only 42 total yards. Um, in game manager Mac, a 39 QBR. Did throw those nice two touchdown passes. He didn't throw you any picks. Didn't really hurt you a whole lot. Um, so what was your... Um, Evaluation of Mac this week still is happy guy though, mistakes. right? He didn't make any mistakes, and that's really what we what we ask of him. Um, that I think is if he was just out there putting up performances like this week in and week out. Um, and I should say also, uh, this is not it's not all Mac's fault. It, play calling Matt is Patricia. abysmal is abysmal for this football team. Um, so Mac Jones made the best of the situation that he was put in uh, this week. And he was put in a good situation. And the defense helped a lot. Um, if this, if we weren't playing with a lead for much of this game or in a spot where we could win this game, um, I don't think that Mac Jones is able to just go out there and play confidently. I think he makes more, more mental mistakes when he's put in a tight spot. So staying in this game, keeping it competitive, keeping it a one-score game at all times, uh, definitely made a difference on that end. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously, uh, winning you're in next week against the Bills, uh, we'll give our prediction there on the next segment, uh, but moving on along with um, last week's game, the old quarterbacks, um, Aaron Rodgers will start with, um, they've been in a win-or-go-home situation for about a month and a half now, uh, and they keep plugging along, uh, they uh, dominate. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings in almost every aspect of the game. Um, you could tell kind of early the Vikings block a punt, uh, cover it at the one-yard line, and don't score a touchdown. Um, and it was after that, it was a 41-14 to 14, uh, run that the Packers went on with um, both the Vikings' touchdowns coming in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Um, Jair Alexander absolutely... Uh, Blanketing Justin Jefferson, one catch for 15 yards and only five targets. Um, Jake, I know you're a huge Justin Jefferson fan, but a performance like that, it's hard to come back from. It, it's hard to come back from something like that. So yeah, that perform. I will say like that is uh, that's gonna live with him for the rest of the season. Um, that won't carry into next year. He is a generational talent, no matter how you put it. Um, Every every great wide receiver has times where they get swallowed up by a, by an elite corner. Uh, it's the hardest position in football, uh, cornerback, mm-hmm. and it is um, the best. The best cornerbacks in the league are some of the most underappreciated uh, players in the NFL yeah. uh, in in their entirety. I think I think most of the top ten. I think most of the people you'd label top ten receivers. Uh, in the league were in you know the top 50 NFL uh, top 100 
um, those top 10 corners did not find themselves in the same positions. It, it is an extremely underrated position. Um, Jefferson, like I said, generational talent. Jerry Alexander, probably a generational talent. He is one of the best corner, corners in the league. Um, coming into this season, I think both of us probably had him in our top three um, for uh, best corners and part of what we both thought was going to be one of the best defenses oh, yeah. in the NFL. They were my Super Bowl um, pick coming out of the yeah, NFC. So it's not exactly. So it's not. I, I you know, it's not something where you could have. Um, it's not a predictable thing to happen. Um, Justin Jefferson's going to put up points usually, um, but a lot of the a lot of the problem is not Jefferson. Kirk Cousins looked off. He looked bad. Oh, real bad. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I'm not going to put a lot of blame on Jefferson's performance when. Kirk couldn't get any of the, anybody the ball. He couldn't. A, a 10 QBR uh, out of Kirk. And uh, it probably would be way worse if he didn't have that one garbage time touchdown. Um, had tip passes for interceptions. Um, didn't get anything, anything out of the running game at all. Devin Cook, uh, three yards, uh, a carry uh, throughout the whole game. Um, in this Vikings team, it's so hard to gauge him. 11-0 in one score games get absolutely plummeted by the Cowboys and now the Packers. It, it's hard to take them serious uh, when you think about the playoffs. Um, when you get blown out that easily, like I, I just couldn't see the Niners get blown out like that. Um, I know the Niners kind of had a back and forth game with the Raiders, but you know, you're not getting blown out. Um, and it's not like the Packers are, you know, 14 and two. Uh, they were under 500 coming into this game. Sure, they're trending in the in the right direction, um, and now the Vikings have lost the two seed. They'll be the three seed with the Niners winning as well. And I know Jake, we had touched on last time in our playoff preview how important that two seed is this year in the NFC. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then, sort of like the Patriots, the Packers winning or in, uh, it seemed very unlikely that they would get here. Um, but with the Browns assisting uh, the Packers uh, by defeating the Commanders. Um, Aaron Rodgers has a game home against in Lambeau against a really good Lions team. I think the Lions have won six of seven, their only loss being Thanksgiving by a score. Um, so that Sunday night football, uh, and I, I mean, that's my that's my game of the week, a little preview for next segment. But, um, I mean, that game looks on paper to be a real good one. Both teams trending in the right direction, especially with the playoff um, spot on the line. Um, so, Jake, any final thoughts on this? Uh, what do you see from Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he didn't have a phenomenal game, um, but they moved the ball, and their running game really was getting going with Jones, kind of figuring out J- the Jones and Dylan dynamic a bit more. Yeah, so this is probably this is one of the only games where we've gotten. It's one of the few games I should say that we've gotten to see um, what we've grown to expect from Aaron Jones. Um, so it is, uh, it's a nice breath of fresh air. I'm sure for, uh, anybody in the Milwaukee, uh, green Bay area to be able to, um, look at this game and be like, all right, our running game stepped up. Our defense stepped up against a great offense. Our quarterback is going to be, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to win us these games. He didn't need Aaron Rodgers didn't need to go and put up three touchdowns, 400 yards to win this football game. Their defense was winning this game for them, regardless of the outcome on offense. Uh, and um, 
one point that I do want to make aside from the Packers, because right now I'd say the Packers are hot enough to make a run in the playoffs uh, genuinely, uh, especially with the way their defense is clicking. Um, but something that I do want to point out, though, just on the Vikings, because the Vikings are um, kind of in a really weird spot right now, uh, all of the Vikings' losses this year are bad losses. Um, oh, yeah. They are uh, – all of their losses are double-digit losses uh, to – uh, teams that they are going to have to face in the playoffs. Uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys, uh, the Packers, and then the Lions. The Lions, they lost by 11, uh, and that is to the worst defense, and one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, it is, they only win against teams that they really should win against. The teams that they come close, other than the Bills, um, they won that Bills game somehow. Um, other than, uh, the easy games they don't they don't play well in big matchups they it's 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 Kirk Cousins MO and how many fluky wins do you have I mean uh, all those close wins 11 and 0 first time ever I mean you're due to regress at some point um you know I think regression is coming for the Vikings um and then we will touch on the team that finally won the NFC South um congratulations they got back to 500 Wow. Let's give it up for them, guys. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll happily give it up for them. Come back. They were down 14-10, and then they were down 21-10 in the fourth. Um, and then it was, it, I mean, Mike Evans. I mean, that dude was wide open the entire game. It was Mike go Evans route. Looking. Go route, go route, go route. Uh, Brady, let me throw this as far as I can. Um, and Evans, they finally connected on the deep ball. Um, Brady threw the ball 45 times this game for 430 yards in all three touchdowns to Mike Evans. Mike Evans, 10 catches, 270 yards. Um, longest one, 63. Um, you know, what I got out of this game is it, it's finally, um, they didn't run the ball all that well. Um, Panthers do have a good defensive line, but it, it seemed like all year long the Buccaneers would just waste plays offensively. First down, run for a yard and a half. Second down, out route that's incomplete. And then you're already at third and third and nine, third and eight, third and seven. It just seemed like that all year long. Uh, in the first half, it seemed kind of like that again with them falling down 14 nothing. Got to fumbling the ball. You're just like, uh-oh, maybe it is the Panthers' year. Um, and then second half, they turned it on. Um, and Brady really stepped it up for them. Um and they clinch the NFC South. It looks like it's going to be um, Tampa is the four uh, going up, hosting a playoff game against the Cowboys. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so, Jake, your thoughts on um, Tampa Bay closing out and winning the uh, NFC South? Um, just as predicted, um, they were a lock. They were a lock for the for the Super Bowl all year. Whoa! Um, never doubted it. Uh, no, it was. I honestly, I saw they went down fourteen nothing. I was like, this game's over. I was like, I now I look like a fool. I got to go on the podcast on Tuesday and somehow defend Tom Brady after putting up a dud. Um, even into the start of that fourth quarter, I was like, well, shit, I got nothing I can defend him for. He hasn't played well. Um, one of the best quarters of football he's played in his career. Um, non playoffs. This is 
this was I mean this was a very important game uh, this is a, a, a division clinching game you put yourself in a situation where it was eat or be eaten uh, in the worst division in football and um, I, you know it's one of those things where Tom Brady has consistently stepped up in these situations throughout his career and as I've said uh, on past episodes until he proves me otherwise I have no reason to bet against him um, and I'll continue to do so through these playoffs I'll probably bet on Tom as much as I don't like this Bucks roster right now I don't think they click I don't think they're in sync um, it is really hard for me to ever fade Tom Brady <laughs> no totally agree uh, we have seen it his whole career uh, I just think it's really a miracle, Jake, that uh, I don't want to say it's a certain, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that the uh, Buccaneers are going to beat the um, the Falcons next week. Um, so they would be over 500. A month ago, it seemed like this was a 7-10 potential division winner. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was, things were looking grim for this division in general. And now they just look like what the NFC East was last year, um, right. where there's one there's one fine team and everybody else stinks. I will say though, with the Bucks knowing they're gonna already be home against the Cowboys, um, might be a little rest game here. Um, so that's something too. So maybe they do lose. The Falcons are currently favored by four and a half. Um, so I guess we'll see. We obviously don't know on Tuesday who's playing yet, um, but. About a month and a half ago, Jake, it seemed improbable that both these quarterbacks could make the playoffs. And yep. if the Packers win on Sunday night, you know, they got a date with the Niners. So they get the – Aaron Rodgers gets to get sent home by the uh, the Niners again. <laughs> by, by potentially the best team in the, in the, in the conference. Right. Um, so that will recap our Sunday slate. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with the faux faux faux. All right, the four for four special, um, and this one is the best one yet this year. Um, three winner go home games um, this week. Uh, we're gonna start with the Saturday night one though. Titans at Jags. Jags currently favored by six and a half. Um, what a turnaround you'd think from last year with er, the whole Urban Meyer debacle, um, and even early in this year, Trevor Lawrence looked iffy. Um, and they pour it on late in the year, uh, and they have a pretty much a playoff game to win and get in. And lucky for them, they're going going up against Joshua Dobbs uh, for the Titans. Um, this one's all Jags for me, Jake. Uh, they're at home. Titans have lost five straight, uh, and the Jags have won four in a row. Um, and this one is all Jags. Give me the Jags to win and cover the six and a half. Uh, what half do you have, Jake? The Titans defense is questionable. Yeah, right. I mean, this this is just all Jags. I like it so much. It might be the Titans. I don't know. Um, but this would be my play of the week. Um, so I love the Jags this week. Probably going to take them now that we can, hey, shout out us, can legally gamble anytime in Ohio now. Um so I, I love the Jags here, Jake, with the six and a half. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Oh, I'm I'm all over Jags on this. I think it's, I think I I'm in in total agreement with you. If I wasn't betting the NBA right now, I would be probably saying this is my lock of the week. Yep. Yeah. For the NFL, Trevor Lawrence 
has been um, a top three quarterback the second half of the season. You know, second, second, or sorry, third, the third third of the season. Um, he's probably been a top three quarterback in the NFL. Um, Travis Etienne has been just really, he's been really good, explosive, um, great catching out of the backfield recently. Um, you start to see his hands kind of come to him. Uh, he's started to pick up on the receiving back side of things a little bit better. Christian Kirk, um, having a, a really good season, but you know, the, um, uh, coming out of Zay Jones has bolstered this offense even more. The Jags at this point in time are, um, one of my favorite dark horse teams, um, for the NFL in general, they have a solid defense. Um, they don't give up a lot of points to teams that they don't. Sh- they, they shouldn't give up points to. Uh, they they really only let the uh, best offenses score uh, in the second half of the season. Beginning of the season, their defense wasn't clicking, but um, Doug Peterson has clearly woke them up, and um, since then they've been able to manage. Uh, keeping pretty much every offense they've faced below 20 points, um, except for, um, you know, some of the best offenses in the league, Cowboys, uh, Lions, Chiefs. Yeah. So I'm riding with the Jags. Hammer Jags. Hammer the Jags. In uh, the next one for you, Jake, uh, it doesn't mean as much because you already clinched your fandom for next year. But um, I want to pose a question to you, Pat's Bills. Do you even want to win this game to watch your team get embarrassed again? I, I, um, well, who would we end up facing in the playoffs, you know, if we won this? Well, well, we don't really know how the top three is going to shake out just yet. So one of the top three. Okay. So we could assume one of those three teams. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I, I want to win, um, for the, for the sake of, I don't think it affects the draft pick. Yeah, probably uh, like a three or four win, spot whether difference. Whether we win or lose, I think our spot is is set for the draft pick. So I prefer to win the game. Uh, a playoff berth is a playoff berth is a playoff berth. Anything can happen. Um, Bailey Zapp, Mac Jones might um, get sick. He might have a little tummy ache uh, before the game, and they got to start Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi comes in twenty five for thirty three, three hundred and twenty yards, three touchdowns. You never know. It's uh, that's the beauty of football. Um, Ramondre Stevenson could go and put 200 yards on the ground. I don't care uh, if the chances seem nigh. Uh, I want to watch my football team play in a playoff game uh, if it also allows me to still watch them next season. So I don't want to lean. I want to pick. You guys oh, are I'm currently the Bills. The Bills are going to win. I was going to say currently seven and a half point underdogs. Obviously, with the Bills, um, very emotional time for the Bills as we had talked about. Um, but the Bills—it's the worst week to face them. Well, especially because they're at home as well. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, it's a horrible week to face them. I hope the Patriots do something. I, I hope they do something good before that game. Um, just kind of pay tribute to Demar, um, regardless of you know what his condition is at the time. Right, um, but I will take the Bills here as well. Um, I'm sorry. Um, it's an obvious pick. It's, I'm taking them too. It's an if obvious I was putting money pick. on it. I'd be putting money on the Bills. Um, Maybe a potential teaser there, Bills Jags, both get them just to win. You know, teaser Frank. Um and then um third here Eileen, you tease. I lean okay, I'll tease him. Uh Bengals, Ravens. Um Ravens staying at home in Cincinnati this week. Um 
like again we said earlier we don't really know what's going to happen potentially with um, winning percentage points and whatnot but as we sit here on Tuesday, I think it's safe to say the Bengals are still going to win the AFC North um, going into this game. Um, and with all that aside, I still like the Bengals a lot more. Um, at home, still don't know about Lamar. He's been out five, six weeks now. Um, and there's not even... They don't even have a, they don't even have a line yet on this game. Um, probably because they don't really know what's happening just yet. Um, but I will take the Bengals to win um, and go away. Even even the eight minutes into that Bills game, Bills, one of the best def- uh, defenses in the NFL, uh, just drove right up and down the field. Um, yeah. I know a very small sample size, but this Bengals team is still clicking no matter what, uh, and I like the Bengals a lot in this spot, especially yeah. at home as well. Yeah, the Bengals play one unstoppable half of football every game minimum. Um, yeah, at least once a game they have a half where it's just like, I don't know how an offense can be this good. Right, so, and then the other half they normally flop, but yeah, they do, and it, like they, I mean, they did it against the Patriots. They're yep. lucky they didn't lose that game outright. Um, but uh, I'm gonna take Bengals all the way with this. Honestly, regardless of the health of Lamar Jackson, I I still would oh, with the Bengals. Totally agree. And then um, Sunday night football, uh, eight and eight versus eight and eight. Um, I don't know. I really like this Lions offense, Shake. I know they're they're working back Jamison Williams, and I know the Packers defense is peaking at the right time. Parks back. Um, right. Um, it's hard for me to think the Packers could lose this game at home. They're so hot. They're so hot. But I will say, um, I do think Lions will be able to move the ball. I, I don't think points are going to be an issue in this game. Um, don't really know what the weather's going to be like in uh, Milwaukee on Sunday night as we sit here on Tuesday. Um, but the Packers are currently favored by four and a half. Um, I'm going to take the Packers to win, but the Lions to cover. Uh, I like a last-second Packers win here um, to stir the drama. Sunday night football, Aaron Rodgers gets to make the playoffs and lose to the Niners again. Yeah, I don't think we've ever agreed so much on uh, one episode. I'm also going to take the Packers um, this is a story of, of the Packers have a good defense, a serviceable defense at worst, um, and their offense is clicking at the right time. Yep. Um, their running running game is looking better. Um, their, Aaron Rodgers continues to gain more trust in his receivers. Um, the Lions' defense is suspect at best. Um, as great as the Lions' offense is, if they want to beat this Packers team, they're going to have to run the ball all over them. They're going to have to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And I will say, we kind of got a glimpse of it. Uh, well, we got a full glimpse of what the Panthers did running the ball against the Lions. Justin Fields had 120 yards in the first quarter rushing. Um, with Aaron Jones and Dylan, your guy Quadzilla, peaking at the right time. Um, Aaron Rodgers might not even have to do a whole lot in this game um, for them to win. Um, get some defensive stops, get a couple turnovers. It is Jared Goff, by the way. It's not like it is a dominant quarterback on the other side um, in a high-pressure game. Um, so those for those reasons, I will take the Packers, um, and you will as well. Um, yep. So that will wrap up our four for four uh, games. It will come back, uh, sadly, sadly talking about the Ohio State University. All right, Frank, we're back. Sadly, this next segment might hurt you. Just devastating. We have to talk about it. It's devastating. I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. We gotta talk about Ohio State versus Georgia. 
Yeah. I mean, give me your thoughts. I, it's not my place to talk about this game. This is your. This is kind of your thing. Yeah. But man, that defense lets you down. Yeah, the fourth quarter again. Jimmy Knowles, man, we paid the man two million dollars to uh, bring his Oklahoma State defense over here um, and let down again um, in the fourth quarter. Um, what a mixed bag of emotions this game. Get off to a back and forth start, um, and then get all the way up to twenty-one seven in the second quarter. Um, Georgia goes on a bit of a run, uh, ends up taking the lead, and Ohio State takes the lead back. Uh, right before halftime, um, and it just seemed all day that uh, C.J. Stroud was going to have one of those type of games uh, that will be talked about for years to come, um, and he certainly did. Um, and in that third quarter, that's really when I started thinking Ohio State might win the uh, national championship. Um, they shut out Georgia, uh, getting three and outs. Uh, they looked fast. They were getting after Stetson Bennett, um, ballooned the lead all the way up to 38-24, um, going into the fourth quarter. Um, and again, the defense made a huge stop. Uh, Brock Bowers made an absolutely incredible play uh, to keep a drive alive on, in, uh, on fourth down. Um, but still, after that, hold them to a, a field goal. Still up 11 with about 10 minutes left. Um, and then Ohio State goes three and out. They once again try a fake punt. Um, and Georgia sn uh, sniffs it out calls the timeout before they get it. Um, Ohio State also did have 12 men on the field, so it, it I don't know if the refs saw that. I don't think they did. It still shouldn't have counted either way. Um, and then uh, they score 15 points uh, in the fourth quarter uh, in two drives uh, on six plays. Um, it's hard to win when you give up explosive plays, um, corners slipping, and it's just I, I don't get it late in the game. Um, but it's just a bummer. It's still, all of that happens. Um, Ohio State finds themselves down one with a minute to go, a couple timeouts. Um, all year long, you probably heard me say it. You heard other Ohio State pundits say it. Why doesn't Shroud run more, um, move the pocket a little bit more? Um, and he had his legendary run, uh, about a 25, 30-yard run. Puts him to about field goal range, you'd think, for Noah Ruggles. Um, they couldn't capitalize, unfortunately, and get a, you know five, ten more yards to put it a bit closer. Um, and then obviously Noah Ruggles dropped the ball uh, quite literally as New Year's Eve struck. Uh, it was just devastating, man. Um, I just gotta give you, I gotta give you quick credit for for that. No, oh. thank you, I appreciate that. Um, just devastating. Um, Ohio State loses. I didn't even say they lose Robert Harrison Jr. in the third quarter. Um, got quite literally knocked out. I don't know how a player. I don't know how a player can launch himself. Um, forcible contact. It wasn't too directly his head. Um, it was still neck neckish area. Um, you know, Marvin Harrison's a pretty. He's a pretty big guy to begin with. Um, and it was clear to me that he launched himself. They called it on-the-field targeting. Um, it wasn't like they had to go back to review it. Um, then I'm scrolling on Twitter, and the people there um, get alerted. Obviously, we had to wait for ESPN's billion commercials. Um, they said they were overturning it, and that was the spot where Ohio State could have gone up three scores. That could have potentially been um, 
4224 um and that you would think that would do it um but unfortunately still a two score game and ohio state loses the fourth quarter 18 to 3 um and this one hurts man there's there's no way around it um if that kick goes in you're looking at being around an eight nine point favorite to win the national championship against tcu um and they they can't get it done um shout out cj stroud though my guy seven um without jackson fifth and jigba loses marvin harrison jr uh mayan williams and only had about two three carries um clearly was not right at all all week was sick and still laboring um didn't have trayvon henderson you lose kate stover um and you still drop 40 plus points on one of the best defenses in the country um and this is a lot about this program, um, the resilience of them. They a lot of they shouldn't have got in. They backed their way in, um, and you know you gotta to be the champs. You gotta beat the champs. And they unfortunately, a um, couple mental mental errors um, and some late game execution that didn't go their way. Um, still proud of my guys for the way they fought. Um, both college football up in the air with 12 team playoff coming soon. Um, and you have a, qu- a quarterback as good as CJ Stroud. Um, you know, that that's really, that was your shot. Um, on the pie with Bob, I, I did pick Georgia. Uh, I, but I knew we were going to be able to score. Uh, I, and they did score. They did their, their job first time in Ohio state history. They score 40 plus points and lose. Uh, just devastating, man. Um, I probably, after the missed kick, I uh, melted into my couch for literally two hours. I couldn't even get up, as sad as that sounds. Um, it, w- it was just devastating. still hurts now, um, but ultimately they couldn't get the job done. Um, but I do want to give out CJ Stroud, you know, huge shout-out to my guy. Um, can't wait to watch him in the NFL. Um, but ultimately... Sad day, Jake. Uh, you had the defending champs down two scores in the fourth quarter, um, and they couldn't finish it. So um, that'll be an eight-month, eight-and-a-half-month break of Ohio State football. Uh, the dark period is what I'll call it. Um, it's very sad. Um, but that's life. You can't always win. Um, you can't cheat your way like the Pats have done for two decades. Um, as Jake smirks. <laughs> Um, but ultimately this one sucks. Um, and that's no way around it, Jake. I know I'm kind of like, just, it sucks. It's devastating. Uh, you know, it, it is what it I is. Know, uh, um, on Sunday. So I, uh, watched the first half of the game. Um, uh, saw the results of the game the night of, I was keeping up with it the whole time, uh, on, on the ESPN app and immediately saw the results just kind of said to myself all right 24 hours begins without texting frank yeah last thing i need to do is ruin his new year's yeah i had a bringing it up in any way shape or form you know live texting with the boys um and man those those chats were dark man uh sad sad times um and i think like this is probably the first time i mean i can really remember that I didn't really even get to celebrate New Year's Eve. 
there was in my house there was no no one had dick clark's on no one i mean we were all locked in uh papa frank and i were and even shout out uh mama lore we were all we were all hoping um and they just couldn't get it done and, and like i said um you yeah you just want to give yourself a shot they gave themselves a shot um you know 11 and 2 is still a great season um you know they're down year last year's winning a rose bowl this year they make the playoff um and just sad sad that they couldn't get it done because like i said i was wrong on tcu hand up in the air i thought michigan really was going to walk through them with their running game um so i, I don't want to proclaim like ohio state had a free championship waiting with tcu um don't want to discredit them at all um but the line is the line, and Ohio State still would have probably been favored by over a touchdown. Um, so you're, you're the better team going in, um, and they just couldn't get it done. Um, you know, I, it's a little better knowing Michigan lost. Um, but ultimately, you know, all the laughs that we had in, in the early game, that those all went away, man. Um, those all went away. And it is what it is, Jake. Um the dark times arrive for the Ohio State football season. Um, and that's that. Uh, that's my bow for the Ohio State season. Um, my biggest joy is watching this team and out of all of my sports teams I root for. Um, so anytime it ends, you know, you just it sets in that you really won't watch them for about eight, eight nine months. Um, and it's a huge, huge bummer. Uh, but... Life carries on, Jake, and, you know, eight months from now when they start back up, you know, the pod will be here. Uh, I know that, and we will be able to talk some Ohio State football. So how's that sound, Jake? Well, the good news about uh, Ohio State's season ending is... What? Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that now helped a little bit. 48 hours, he yeah. said, don't worry about your Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. You got me. Yeah, we will talk about basketball here in one second. I did want to uh, talk about the uh, national championship that is coming up. Uh, I wanted to give some quick thoughts on that. It is TCU, the Horned Frogs, uh, going up against the undefeated Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, um, a whopping 12.5-point favorite. Uh, two scores going into a championship game, looking to become the first team to repeat in the playoff four-team playoff era. Um. And like I said, I don't want to discredit, um, discount, discredit TCU at all. They have beautiful uniforms. Let's get that out of the way. Um, fact. Um, and they have a great quarterback. He didn't even play that great of a game. Um, but they have an opportune uh, defense. They had two pick sixes against Michigan. Um, if you listen to any Ohio State pods, I told you, J.J. McCarthy, make him throw in tight windows. Uh, and let's see what happens. And he threw two pick sixes. So... Uh, if you heard that, you saw, you knew that was coming. Um, but Georgia's just a train, man. They're, I don't want to call them the new Bama, air quotes, because Bama has won like seven titles in, you know, 18 years, whatever it is. Um, but anytime you could potentially go back to back, give yourself a shot, um, there's no discrediting that at all. And if they were to able to cap the season off 15 and 0, um, especially after winning it last year. Uh, last year they ended their 50-year drought um, of a national title, and if they can go back-to-back, Kirby Smart, um, 
you know, he's a top two, top three coach uh, in all of college football. Um, I do like Georgia to win this game. Um, I do like the over because uh, TCU does have weapons, not to the degree of Ohio State um, passing the ball, but they do have a better running game than um, Ohio State does. Um, a healthier, I should say, running attack than Ohio State's, um, even though their running back did get banged up uh, against Michigan. Um, seems like they're they're a, bit, they're a bit healthier in the backfield, and they do have um, some good weapons on the outside uh, with Quentin Johnson at receiver. So I do think they'll be able to move the ball, uh, and I feel like they could follow the, the blueprint a little bit uh, on Ohio State because Brock Bowers really didn't do much um, against Ohio State at all. They really contained him well. Um, they just let the receivers get a bit loose. Um, so for that, I'll take Georgia um, to win outright. Uh, I will take TCU to cover the 12 and a half. That's just too much for for almost anybody. Uh, so much backdoor cover potential there. Uh, in the over-under set at 62 and a half, I'll take the over as well. Um, could easily see this being 38-33. Um, I just hope it's not a total blowout. Um, at least make it interesting. And then, Jake, uh, we can finally bet on this. I don't, no more driving to Pennsylvania. No more Bovada. Weird Chinese websites. Um, so I'm sure we'll kick, uh, cook up some parlays. Um, but ultimately, uh, I do have Georgia repeating um, as national champions. And then uh, with that being that, we will uh, finish up the pod here with some NBA hoop stock. Shout out Donovan Mitchell. All right, Jake, to close out the pod. Soon will be our opener to pods here real soon. Uh, but some NBA conversation um there's only one place to start this week <laughs> um donovan mitchell having one of the 20 best games in nba history um and you could easily argue to be higher than that if you want to exclude Absolutely. will i think top yeah. 20 is like one of those like uh without researching this is top yeah. 20 and if one. you want to get rid of wilt because it's just wilt's just such an anomaly exactly. you exactly. could get it way you up higher like the wilt games the elgin baylor games the bill russell games yeah, I mean, yeah, and you're talking top ten performance all time, maybe. Yeah, so Donovan Mitchell um, carries the Cavaliers in a game with no Garland or Mobley. Um, I believe he had 15 at halftime, and he explodes in the second half. Um, he ends up with 71 points, uh, 11 assists, and eight rebounds. Um, on 22 of 34 uh, shooting, did make 20 free throws. He also missed five free throws. So you're, if he made three or four more, you're looking at potentially a 75-point game. Um, so flipping this, that was this, Jake, this was on between back and forth with uh, Monday Night Football. Um, and then once you you know were catching wind that the football game was going to be delayed quite a bit, um, flipped on the Cavs. Like, man, they, and they were getting smoked. They were down um, 18 at halftime. Uh, and you're like, well, this isn't really fun to watch. And they're creeping back, getting it to 8, getting it to 9. Couldn't really get it over the hump. Uh, and then to begin the fourth quarter, um, it's a 2-3 point game. Then you could tell it's going to be back and forth. Um, and then they're late. Um, Mitchell goes absolutely insane. Um, he pulled, if you want to call it, pulled the quote-unquote Luca. Missed the free throw, gets it back himself, puts it in. 
um, to tie the game, and then Cavs get a stop, forced overtime, and then they win the overtime period 15-4. to um, And Mitchell just went absolutely insane, even in the overtime period. Ends up with 71 points. Um, I mean, th- this is the first 70-point game since Devin Booker did it. And the, this is the most points scored since Kobe's 81. Um, so you're really looking at something that happens. I know saying the difference between 70 and 71 is pretty fickle. Um, but something that truly happens like once every two decades, if that. Um, it's only the eighth time someone's ever scored 70 um, in a game before. Um, and I know, Jake, you had rooting interest for the Cavs to win this game. So I know you were tuned in and you got to watch the Mitchell performance. So what did you see out of it? Yeah, so I was locked into this game. Um, so it was the similarities between this game and Luca's game a couple nights ago are uh, honestly kind of eerily, uh, so eerily similar that I was, uh, it, it was like one of those, like, is the NBA actually scripted kind of things? Uh, and now, obviously, I don't believe that uh, any real fan will be adamant against something like that. But yes, watching, be, so uh, we'll get into why I was so invested in this game later on. But watching this game and just being like clenching my fists like on the edge of my seat seeing him uh i i don't know if it was him who who hit the two foot jumper to tie it uh, mm-hmm. or no two foot j- jumper to bring you guys within a few yeah and then it was like seven seconds left personal foul against um I want to say it was about it was, four seconds left was, in the game. Was it against like Drummond that you guys fouled? Yeah, it was. You take the free throws. Yeah, well, they made the free. Well, they fi- uh They followed. Um, Kobe White made a pair of free throws to put it back to three, and then the Chicago Bulls are soft and they uh, hate fun, so they intentionally fouled. That's what he, I saw. Yep. He made the one, and then obviously he m- missed the second, and it was kind of hard to even see him in the crowd of people. Somehow the ball literally just flicks up and hits the backboard, goes right in. I was like, who even got it? Turns out yeah. uh, it was Donovan Mitchell. Um, and it was just... You could have seen me. I'm, I was yeah. on the phone, freaking out, going absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a lot riding on that game, so it was... It was oh, my, I mean, I was in dialed that, in. I, was in so that, I believe at that point he had 50 to 55. He might have had 57 going into overtime and then ends up with, you know, a 13, 14 point overtime period. Um, really willed the Cavs back. Um, and that's, Jake, that's why in NBA you trade for the Stars because um, you never really know what you're going to get. Um, you want to hoard all your draft picks? You know, congratulations. Cavs a middling market, if anything, a below market. Um, this is why you go all in on a player like this. I mean, you get them at the right price um, to really ascend your offense. Because this, as you know, this is kind of what the crux of the Cavs was last year. Um, was late late in games. It was so de- Garland dependent, especially when Rubio got hurt. Um, teams would trap Garland and there was no one else to really spread the floor, beat someone off the dribble. Um, and you get insert someone like Donovan Mitchell's caliber. Um, and it was funny... Um, about a the week week and a half before this game, he was struggling shooting. Uh, it wasn't like he was trending up like 35, 40. Then it has the explosion. He was struggling. He struggled against the Raptors. Um, he had struggled really the night before against the Bulls. Uh, the previous game, um, tr- struggled against the Nets. Um, 
and it was like kind of like the ticker down with his usage going up with Garland getting hurt again um and he just absolutely explodes um and when I mean this will like truly like this is the game you'll talk about in 50 years like where where did you did you see this guy score 70 points because like what we talked about like scoring 40 is like oh cool he scored 40 like really the, the echelon is now 50 up and even yeah, even 50 is like where you, yeah you you creep into impressive when you hit 50 yeah um back when i started watching basketball like heavily and became you know like a real fan probably like 2015 2016 that 50 the 50 point mark was celebrated it was yeah, it, it was, was yeah unbelievable when isaiah thomas did it for the celtics yep. it was a religious experience for me and now i'm like accustomed to it i'm like 50 a 50 burger doesn't mean that much. i i do like um, uh, the, the the a 50 burger is cool it's just like the way basketball is trended um with the hardens the curries the westbrooks yeah you throw Jokic, lebron kd of just incredible I mean, a year pretty much now incredible stat lines um are just i mean like the lucas performance should have been the performance of the year um like when westbrook had the 20 20 and 20 yeah uh, now it's absolutely debatable it's like you could uh, we were debating at work which was better yeah. um yeah and it, you know it is what it is with whoever you think had a better performance but two just i mean the fact that they happened within a week week and a half of each other um it was really just showing you the evolution of this game um, if you were to supplant, I don't want to upset the old heads, but if you were to supplant Mitchell or Luca back into the fifties, sixties, it would be Jesus Christ. I mean, Donovan Mitchell in 1960 would go against, would have, would be able to go against those teams and put up Bill Russell level stat lines with his length and athletic ability. Yeah. We're talking 35, maybe points a game well the only thing that would hurt 20 boards and 20 assists the only thing that would hurt him was there was uh there's no three-point line so you would have to do it the hard way every time but for somebody like Mitchell that's like for Luca that makes a little bit of difference because Luca does he he, Luca plays a lot around um the three-point line threatens that step back a lot which opens up a lot on the inside for him Donovan Mitchell is such a freak athlete and such an elite finisher he could go he could go into that era of the NBA and just dunk the ball over every single person. Oh, yeah, just, there's just, no doubt. He, he would be yamming it over everyone's head. Yeah, uh, and it's great that it happened in a win as well. Um, and the Cavs, you know, they have these peaks and valleys. Um, they're on a peak right now. Um, coming up against Jake's Phoenix Suns. I'll be at the game tomorrow um, with no Devin Booker. So hopefully the Cavs can keep this winning streak rolling. Lock that win in. Lock that in, yep. Um done donezo. You can count those suns out now. Suns under uh is looking good right now. Um and so let's keep it to another team that has had ridiculous performances. Jake, did you see Kyrie Irving's put back dunk last night? Um uh, yeah, they have won twelve games in a row. Um have vaulted all the way up to the two seat in the east, and I believe they're only a game and a half back of Boston as we sit here tonight. Um so what have you seen out of the Nets? Um, really, on the defensive side, they have really locked in, and they're getting the shooters healthy, um, which you put ball uh, creators into shooters like KD and Kyrie, you know, kind of build the LeBron model for shooters, uh, what the Lakers should have done. 
Um, but ultimately, uh, this team looked dead in the water about a month in, fired Nash, given up 140 points a game to opponents, um, and now they've locked in for 12 wins in a row and look to be like a real, real contender in the East. So the Nets are um, 16 and 1 in their last 17 games. Yep. The, the Nets right now are playing at a level of play that we haven't seen since the record-breaking Golden State Warriors team. That is the caliber of basketball they're playing right now. Um, ball movement, impeccable. Team basketball, impeccable. Defense, um, team defense as well as individual defense, people are stepping up on all sides. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, both stepping up on defense. Um, my guy, Nick Claxton, ha- having a phenomenal season, um, t- kind of taking on the role of being the third best option on that team. Ben Simmons, you know, elite defender, one of the best defenders in the NBA. Seth Curry stepping up on defense. It's team basketball. Um, rotations look great. Uh, they, don't, they don't fall off when Kyrie or KD come off the floor uh, like they did at the beginning of the season. You, you are seeing... Um, consistency throughout their bench. You're not you're not getting gaps of um, you know minus play uh, when those guys are off the court. You're you are seeing um, solid NBA basketball, regardless of whether or not Kevin Durant or Kyrie are out there um, boosting that team. Um, right now, they are unconsciously winning. They go out there. They can go out there every game. Kyrie and Katie go. They shoot sixty five percent. from three. They play their best brand of basketball. The game's over in in the third quarter every time, and then they get to go and sit on the bench and play 28 minutes a game. It is, it's, it's unbelievable to see. It's the, it's some of the most dominant basketball that I've seen in, in a long time. Um, It's right up there with, uh, it's more offensively, than defensively than what the Celtics did last year, but it's a similar. It's similar in terms of dominance. Last year, Celtics second half of the season, no, teams did not. They didn't have a chance because the Celtics did not give them a chance. Right. The Bro- Brooklyn does that in the opposite way, where they are playing good defense. They are not giving teams a chance because the game's over in the first or second quarter almost every game because they are so hot. They come out firing and they come out hot. Yeah, I believe they were up like twenty five points last night at halftime, and it was like, well, this one's already over. <laughs> Exactly, um, yeah. And that's how they've won every game. It's, it's yep. it, Every game, it's halftime, and you're like, okay, I can turn this off. They're not right. up this lead. So let me ask you this. Uh, let me pose you this question, Jake. Because going into the year, we kind of thought it was – to really start the year, you kind of thought um, we both had Milwaukee, Boston, Cavs was your top three in that order. Um, Milwaukee dealing with a myriad of injuries. Hol- uh, not Holiday. Well, Holiday is hurt. Uh, but yep. Middleton, I meant to say, uh, was hurt. Came back, looked like butt cheeks, um, and then it's hurt again. Um, Giannis has been in and out, uh, and they've lost uh, either five of six or six of seven. Uh, and Milwaukee's really trending uh, in a downwards motion. Um, obviously, if a player as great as Giannis, you expect them to kind of figure it out a little bit. Um, but the uh, the top five teams currently, Jake, right? Uh, I'm going to give them to you, and you put them in order of what you think. Um, the best chance to win the title is. So right currently what we're number one is Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly. Um, you know, your power rankings of this team can win 
the NBA Finals. Based on their current play. Um, or, or how you project it going forward. Okay, so just how, what I actually expect for the rest of the year. Um, I'm going to go Celtics, one seed. Philly, two seed. Brooklyn will will eventually cool off. Fall to the three. Cavs, four. Bucks, five. Bucks all the um, way down to five, really. Yeah, so Drew Holiday's injury. <clears throat> uh, I, I, so the Bucks are one of those teams where they don't they don't really ever play um, their three their big three uh, Middleton, Giannis, and Holiday. They you almost never play those guys more than thirty five minutes a game. Um, regardless of the out, regardless of the situation their game is in, it, they are a competent enough team that they play. Um, the same brand of basketball almost every game and it does result in them being well rested come playoff time and and with the way their team has been tormented with injuries this year I don't see them taking any risks in for seeding because I don't think they are really in within a, um, a, a true shot of the one seed um, but uh, you could flip the Cavs and 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 um, Milwaukee for me but regardless those are the four and five Sure. I will just say, though, um, kind of like the, to the crowd that the regular season doesn't matter, um, you can go ahead and ask Brooklyn if it mattered last year getting swept, and you can go ahead and ask Milwaukee. I'm sure they would have much rather had Game 7 um, at home against Boston. Obviously, you know, the scariest point of Brooklyn for me is, you know, Middleton had the injury, missed the playoffs last year, um, you know, come back in the offseason, still not even fully recovered. You don't even know when you're going to get a full um, Middleton. Um, so that's why the Bucks for me, it would be uh, Boston, Brooklyn, um, Cleveland, uh, Philly, Milwaukee. So kind of in the order it is, I guess, now. Um, why would you have uh, Philadelphia so high? You just think they're going to be peaking at the right time? Yes. Um, I think Joel Embiid, if he can stay healthy, uh, you're looking at a top three and MVP candidate this year, um, playing solid defense. Uh, offense looks good. I and they, and they're still working they, back Maxi's. Well, he's still not back yet, but yep. they're going to eventually work him back as well. Exactly. They're only going to get healthier as the season goes on. I mean, they were they were in a bad spot earlier this year. Felt like everybody on their team was missing a week at a time. Um, so they really never had a full unit. Um, that team. I still don't think is built to do anything in the postseason. Interesting. Um, I would like to clarify that. I don't think they, I just don't think they're a postseason basketball team. Um, I think it's mostly a coaching problem. Yeah, Doc is not the guy with a with a lead. <laughs> that's that's been uh, that's been certain for uh, decades now. Yeah, and and as much as I love what Doc did with the Celtics, it wasn't because of him. Yeah, it's because he had Garnett, Allen, Rondo, um, and, you know, a great cast of players. Um, yeah, Paul, Paul Pierce, part of that cast. <laughs> well, he was pretty mid. He was pretty mid. I left him off for a reason. Um, I could tell. So, Jake, I know you were in a, a bit of disarray last night. Um, as, you know, gambling is now legal here uh, in the state of Ohio. Finally, uh, had to wait long enough. Um, you know, you're looking everywhere. Um, free bets, free bets, deposit this, get this. Um, and I and I know, Jake, you swam in the waters a little bit. Um, 
with some free plays. So how about you tell the people about one of your uh, your one of your free one of your free plays? Excuse me. So, so my gambling career is two days old. Um, I, I have not, I've not uh, dabbled into gambling too much. I've kind of played around with lines, things of that nature, but I've never actually gotten to place a bet. Um, I do pride myself on having pretty solid sports knowledge and and being able to make logical bets. But on a whim, uh, I took a free twenty five dollar bet and parlayed it on every game last night. Uh, which would be uh, Monday night for those that aren't listening on Tuesday. Um, and I'll just give my picks real quick and uh, tell you which ones hit, right? So uh, pick Knicks, money line, hit. Lakers, money line, hit. Cavs, money line, hit. Pacers, money line, hit. Philly, money line, hit. Brooklyn, money line, hit. Mavericks, money line, hit. Blazers, money line, hit. Miami, money line, hit. Let me get down to the last game of the night. Atlanta Hawks versus Golden State Warriors. Um, before we talk about the results, this game was a $25 bet to win $4,000. Game goes into double overtime. Hawks, Hawks were down bad uh, the majority of the game. Stormed back, brought it close, put the game to overtime, tied it up again put the game double OT Clay Thompson just felt like yeah ruining my day he sure he said, did I'm gonna put up 50 I'm gonna put up 54 I'm gonna put up that line that Jake just said isn't a big deal anymore I'm gonna put up 54 I'm gonna take four thousand dollars out of Jake's pocket slide it in my own pocket because I don't need it that's what Clay Thompson said to me. I will say it is funny so though I bet, I bet Hawks money line if, yeah. if you guys have to yeah. on to that yeah it is funny though texting Jake throughout tonight he uh, thought he had Denver money line against minnesota so he thought it was dead wakes up finds out oh no i didn't have denver i had atlanta oh wait atlanta only lost by two points <laughs> yep checked at one in the morning it was about it was like one one fifteen in the morning maybe and i'm looking i'm looking at the the screen like looking at all my all my picks and just kind of being like damn if, Den- if only denver hit then i'd i'd have something because i because i looked while the game was still on so I looked and I was like, oh man, Hawks brought it close. Denver's going to be my only miss. Hawks might actually win this. Yeah. And Hawks ended up losing. And I'm like, well, at least it wasn't as close as I thought because Denver still lost. And I'm scrolling through and I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. I never had a bet on Denver. And I'm kind of grateful for it, though, if I'm being honest. Don't lie to yourself. I, I, I was able to fall asleep. Yeah. If I knew that it was all riding on that one game and I didn't have them, I don't think I would have been. I don't think I would have slept. Yeah. I well, I would say yeah. Adrenaline you're, for you're, all, the, all that time. Grateful that you didn't find out to the morning, um, but you. How how well, funny? I, out, I found out at like one a.m. Yeah, but how funny would it have been if you woke up and you're like, "Well, how do I have four thousand dollars? Oh wait, uh, I didn't have Denver." That would have been funny, but I would have said. Ring, ring, ring. Hey, boss. I'm sick today. Yeah, I got the... <laughs> I'm really sick. I'm sick of happiness. Not coming in. Yeah, which, um, which is funny. Um, yeah, that's devastating. First, yeah. Experience, first 48 hours of my professional gambling career. and Professional. That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, bad beats all around for the boys. Uh, but... We're gonna we're gonna get after it. We're gonna try to put out picks of the week right there, Jake, on TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, 
You could follow the TikTok FJ Pod um, for I give up Cavs updates, uh, nightly recaps when, of when they play. Um, as you know, we do our drafts as well. Um, and then Twitter is Frank and Jake Pod. Um, and then Jake, you got something cooking up? You got any plays yet this week? Um, I mean, like I said earlier, I really do like that Jags yep. over Titans. That might be a, that might be the Frank and Jake that. special. Yeah, I, I would definitely hit that. And then also just um, because I don't think we put it broadcasted it on a um, on a podcast yet, we do now have an Instagram account. Mm. Um, it's the underscore Frank and Jake Pod, uh, or the underscore Frank and Jake underscore Pod. Um, we post Frank's reactions to the game. If you guys don't have TikTok, you can watch those videos there. Post the drafts on there as well. Um, follow us. There's a link to the podcast in that as well. Um, please share that with your friends. Post, uh, repost our our videos on on uh, your story. Anything that you can do helps. Um, as you know, um, we are new to this, but we are uh, certainly motivated and dedicated to it. So, uh, the more you guys, our listeners, can do to um, pump us up, the better. Uh, the more likely we are to um, be able to provide you with promo codes for our future sponsors <laughs> to get you dealing with that thing. Well, so. Remember that it's really we're doing it for you. We have um, passed up million dollar deals. Uh, they're just not the right fits. Uh, yeah. So we're waiting for the right people to come around. Yeah, I think North Korea called us and wanted to give us some money, but yeah. we had to we had to support them, and we were like, eh. Saudi Arabia so, says here's some oil money. I was like, no, I don't like your golf league. Like, yeah, we 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 are uh, you know as much as we like money, we are just we're just human beings. We are right. Um, as we're about as straight laced as you can get. We're very, very uh, clean. Absolutely. So that will do it for the big episode two zero of the Frank and Jake pod. And we will see you soon.